Welcome to the Mother's Days episode of The World According to Sherry Glazer. Brought to you by Loot and Lore in the Mendocino Village and the Mendocino Producers Guild. The World According to Sherry Glazer is an unfiltered, broad overview of my career as a writer, actress, radio personality, and teacher. All of my work reflects my undying devotion to the feminine nature of life and its miraculous, creative wonders. The first segment of The World According to Sherry Glazer is the Chictionary. The Chictionary is my effort to surgically remove the dick from the dictionary, where the majority of words defined and spelled have a glaringly blaring masculine appearance even in words like she that are not complete without the he. See what I mean? Spelling is actually casting a spell with words and writing our life sentences. I'm encouraging us to take that seriously and shift the linguistic paradigm with the dictionary, respelling and rephrasing the English language, the mother tongue, to include all of her. So let's begin this segment of the dictionary with the word mother. I would like to readjust the O and the he in mother. The word mother does not need an O because its natural audio file is a, and that's a U, so let's put the U in it. The he at the end of the word can easily be replaced with a U too. The most femme of all letters. Spell it with me now. Mother. M-U-T-H-U-R. Mother. Doesn't that feel better? I want to wish you all happy Mother's Days. You'll notice that I put an extra S at the end of Mother's Days to extend the holy day, like Lent or Christmas. I think mothers deserve at least a week of honor. I've spoken often of the daughters, and I'd like to address the sons and change the spelling forever to S-U-N to encourage them to shine bright and be warm and helpful and be the light, suns and waters. Let's move on to breasts. Why is breast spelled with an E-A? There is no reason other than to dilute it. Breast Spelled correctly is B-R-E-S-T, like rest, best, and nest. Simple, and once again, fuck autocorrect. The modification and defamation of words with E-A and G-H is prevalent throughout the language. Take the word right. Rights are as old as we are, R-I-T-E-S. Rites come from ritual and the traditional celebrations, recognitions, and passages of life. But the dictionary stuck the GH in there, diminishing its portent. I am entering rites into the dictionary as R-I-T-E-S. Here it is in a sentence. I know my rights. <laughs> that changes it, doesn't it? It also really alters right and wrong. I mean, wrong, W-R-O-N-G, W-R, that's just wrong. I am railing against the dick in dictionary in words like 
dictator and diction because these words translate power, speech, and definition, easily replaced with dictator, chiction, and of course, our beloved dictionary. And the reason that I chose the word dictionary to represent the new language paradigm is because chick is one of the coolest words in the language, like groovy chick. And the chicken itself is one of the purest symbols of the feminine because she lays an egg every day. And while we employ dick words on a minute-by-minute basis, its equivalent, cunt, is barely applied except when demeaning someone. I want to give a shout-out to cunt as a source of life, pleasure, and good health. We are all born out of a cunt, so why, why, why is that a bad word? I suggest an open door to cunt as a badge of honor. I'll use it in a sentence. She is such a cunt, I want to be like her. And we can respell our motherland to country, C-U-N-T-R-E-E, which makes senses to me. Nurse and nursing remain intact and truly feminine to feed, to heal, to comfort. I hope you listen to the rest of the world according to Sherry Glazer with the new spellings in mind so you can get the highest vibration of the feminine. I will also be repronouncing words altered in previous podcasts so to integrate them into consciousness. See if they ring a bell. One of the most recognizable aspects of the feminine is the voluptuous breast. Every child is blessed to have nursed at their mother's breast. It is the absolute best way to begin one's life. The miracle turns to shame on women in public feeding their babies. Seriously, a woman is manufacturing baby food in her own body, has a specific extremity engineered to deliver that food fast and fresh and if people see her doing so on the street they point in horror and disgust that's funny to me so i'm going to be wandering down memory lane this episode number seven of the world according to sherry glazer and of course my podcast endeavors could never be complete without a nod to breasts I even did a one-woman show with my titties as the central theme, and it was aptly called The Breast of Sherry Glazer. My consistent feminine philosophy has always prescribed to the notion that the femme anatomy is the source of life, and while we know everyone emerges from our mother's country, our next stop is booby town. The comfort, the first taste of life is breast milk. The fact that a woman can make milk from her duck glands is in itself a major miracle. Men cannot and will never do this. We rule. Men drool. After a year of pandemic, eating for comfort and going braless, my breasts now are uncageable in any bra. They were much more domesticated before I gave birth in 1987 But it was upon arrival of my second daughter that I made a pivotal error. For some reason, I was doubtful of my milk supply, and so to supplement my reserve, I drank fennel tea. And for those of you who don't already know, fennel is a galactagogue. D 
Do you know what a galactagog is? Well, if you haven't guessed already, it stimulates milk production. <laughs> and my breasts engorged, inflated, and enlarged, and never came down. Even while nursing my new baby, born just this last week, 25 years ago, I had extra servings of mommy's heavy cream for cereal, coffee, tea, or just spritzing the older siblings in wild spray for the fun of it. My teats were so big that when we took a picture of Lucy nursing at my boob, you can't see her head, just her tiny torso and baby legs. The feeling of nursing someone you just made is astounding, ecstatic satisfaction. At least it was for me. Some women suffer through cracked nipples or scant milk or they have to go back to work and babies on the bottle. No matter how you fed your baby, good job. I had the great fortune of nursing both my girls, four years each, and sometimes special occasions or emergencies after that. And I credit that longevity to the continuum principle, which supported the theory that four years old is the most natural time to let go for the sake of bonding, security, immune systems. At that point, all body systems are go. If you didn't know, it's not milk right away, it's colostrum. And they do sell that in stores now. It also carries mommy's immunity and CBD, yes, cannabidiol. Our bodies are made for that shit. So, nourishing, nursing. That's where the word and the profession of nurse comes from. The source. In fact, right after my second baby daughter was born in May of 1996, my father, Norm, was diagnosed with liver cancer. And by June, it was found in his esophagus and stomach. And on June 12th, his stomach perforated. Didn't think he'd survive the surgery, but he did. And came out with his belly all stapled and was vertical staples. It looked super weird, but he couldn't eat. So we needed a way to heal him gently, you know, easily repair the stomach lining. And the answer was right there in front of me. And I had read an article about a research group in Lund, Sweden, led by Professor Katarina Svanborg, who discovered just a year before that a component of human breast milk kills tumor cells without harming mature healthy cells. And it was due to the most common protein in milk, alpha-lactalbumin. So I went to my mother and suggested I give my father my breast milk to heal his stomach and eventually cure his cancer. <laughs> she was shocked and aghast, imagining me with my daddy's head on my lap. No, I reassured her, I'll pump the milk. I remember the day my father took his first Dixie cup of my milk. We were videotaping at the hospital, and he said, Let it be known that on this day that Norman Glazer took breast milk from his daughter to heal his cancer. <laughs> and he gulped it down. He said it was sweet. Sweet it was. He started mending, feeling better. And my cousin had just had a baby, so she was pumping, too, and my father was doing so much better. His tumor counts were diminishing in the liver, and then his ego came back and told him he had enough, so he stopped. And then he died in January. But it was, and truly is my belief, that 
the science is true. And I had this fantasy that we could solicit poor single mothers and have them put their milk in banks. And it would be equivalent to money for them and life-saving for other people. We'd supplement their diets so their milk would be plentiful and healthy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was my dream. My breasts did not begin their political life until 2005 during a 4th of July celebration and parade in the Mendocino Village. I had been out on the street, as usual, at the beginning of the parade by reading a copy of the Declaration of Independence through my bullhorn, and I was told by a security guard that I was disturbing the peace and should turn it down. (laughs) I laughed and obeyed. But still armed with the Bill of Rights, I spread democracy all over the place. It wasn't until we got to Friendship Park after the parade that the fireworks went off. See, my friend Samantha, part of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee, decided to take off her shirt and dance topless, joining other festival goers soaking in the sunshine on their hairy chests. Anyway, she was approached by a security guard, and he told her that she was indecently exposed and would have to redress the government of her grievances and put her top back on. And they came and got me. And I, of course, with my mini-disc recorder in hand, confronted the, the law enforcement with curious questions, interrogation, you might say, and a microphone in his face. And he told me that it was illegal to record him, which I rejected as false. So I was detained and brought to a more discreet location. By then, someone was up on stage saying I had been detained and needed a lawyer. And five minutes later, I had three lawyers. (laughs) I had to choose one, and I chose Steve Antler. He secured my release with a promise that I would appear at the sheriff's office the next day with my defense ready. And so we discovered on that day of independence that breasts are not genitalia and so the bearing of them does not fall under indecent exposure which is specialized for genitals so there were no consequences for me and breasts not bombs was born you can read all about breasts not bombs on my website and see photos at www.sherryglazer.net and we actually made a music video You'll hear the narration from the video of the demonstration we were doing while we recorded the song. Lori York and Carmen Goodyear are responsible for the video making, and they did an amazing job. And as I said, you can see it on Vimeo under the right to bear breasts. Here's the song, Naked, written by Human. One of the things we're going to do here today is take off our tops because we've been told that that's indecent. And so what I wanted to do was define what decent is. I want to be naked, sitting in the sun, puffing my chill on, playing my drum, watching the waves roll in. Vibration of light, blue skies above me, warm fire at 
I met Human when he was homeless back in 2001 or two, and I took him in, and he became my son, shining and bright. We brought breast knot bombs to Union Square in San Francisco on Black Friday, the biggest shopping day of the year. With our nine-year-old daughters and their American Girl dolls who had their own little signs and took off their own little tops. We were outside Macy's and uh, we caused quite a stir. And Michael Medved, a right-wing radio host, got wind of our protest on that Black Friday. And he publicly accused me of putting our daughters in harm's way. And I was invited to debate this on his radio program. At one point I said, if you're so worried about our daughters' well-being, tell your sons, brothers, uncles, fathers, and your good buddies to never, ever touch a woman without permission. And he cut to commercial. These demonstrations triggered a lot of people. Some angrily and some joyfully. But I noticed when we were bare-breasted on the streets that life seemed safer, more secure. Would you rather see bare titties coming down the streets or tanks? That's what we said. Titties, not tanks. Breasts, not bombs. Memories, not missiles. Nipples, not nukes. The issue is soft tissue. Breasts, not bombs went to George Bush's White House to protest the war in Iraq. And we returned when Obama was in office. We were there on Mother's Day. Demonstrating outside the White House was the most exciting events in our history. The snipers on the roof had their binoculars glued to their faces. And when Obama left for the White House Correspondents' Dinner that day, we saw him leave the premises and we held our signs and our tits up way high. I know he had to see me. And we know in his side view mirror, Objects are much larger than they appear. (laughs) In D.C., we were joined by a fair amount of protesters. And one reason is because being topless in D.C. is legal. So it was a practical and dramatic tactic for peace. And standing half-naked on a street is a demonstration of peace. What peace would actually look like if women were safe to be topless and walk down the street with no fear. That would be peace. California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger's special erection. Proposition 74, which would lengthen the time it takes for public school teachers to get tenure. And Prop 75, aimed at curbing public employee unions' political spending. And there was another proposition where he was trying to alter the patient-to-nurse ratios. And an initiative that would require girls 18 or under to notify their parents before getting an abortion. We found this special erection to be most indecent and obscene. Within weeks, thousands of nurses staged large demonstrations in Sacramento to defend the safe staffing ratios. Because Schwarzenegger had ridiculed them during a women's conference, and he told them that 
They were special interests who were upset because he was always kicking their butt. And we thought, what better way to support nurses than bearing our breasts? So I filed for a demonstration permit for high noon, election eve, on the state capitol steps in Sacramento. And I clearly stated on the forum that we were breasts, not bombs. And artists and musicians for peace was also included, and they granted the permit. And I guess somebody woke up the next day and said, oops, wait a minute, does this mean they will show their boobs? <laughs> and they tried to cancel the permit, telling us that uh, school children were known to eat their lunches at nearby picnic tables at noon, and... They were also concerned because they let out sex offenders around the same time from the jail. No one noticed the insanity of letting sex offenders out while the children were lunching and the inherent danger there. No, it was the threat of breasts that worried them. Naked breasts. As though children had never seen naked breasts. So we hired a lawyer and went before a judge in Sacramento to file an injunction against the CHP to not arrest us when we went through with the protest. Now, the judge was an African-American Republican, and we knew this would not bode well for us as he grimaced at even the slightest notion of breasts. The word itself made him wince. Our attorney argued it was a matter of free speech, for us to do this, and he asked, what on earth do bare breasts express? And we muttered to ourselves, milk? Well, we were denied and had to decide if we would risk arrest to make our stand. And that night, we were contacted by major news organizations like CNN, Fox, Univision. They were asking, are you going to do it? Are you going to take off your shirt? And I said, they'd have to show up, find out. And show up, they did. It was a cloudy, cold November day, election eve, 2006. And there were a lot of us on the steps, including the CHP on horseback, tons of press, Mothers Against War, Iraq vets, nurses, wild women. And the Artists and Musicians Coalition were there as backup, and they were going bare-breasted, but they would have pasties, and they would avoid arrest because here it is. As long as you don't show your areola, you're cool. That wouldn't help me in any way because my areolas would need a small salad plate to cover their diameter. As we climbed the steps to the Capitol, we couldn't help notice that towering above us from the official state buildings were statues of bare-breasted women looking down on us. How ironic. You could be topless if you were made of stone, but not flesh. The state senator, Gloria Romero, was there, and she huddled with us. And she said she was there as an ally and would instruct the CHP not to arrest us because we were within our rights. So we watched her approach and address them, but they ignored her. Funny. I always thought senators trumped highway patrol. When the time came to peaceably address the assembly of our grievances, I had a musician playing a prayer song behind me, so that was another First Amendment stance, right? Freedom of religion. And I spoke about the institutionalized war on the people in the guise of this election. And I spoke about the indecency of these propositions 
I made them listen before they could see my tits. Then I said, the Hopi say it's the twelfth hour and time for foolishness. A time to do whatever we can to change the course of destruction. And this was my part. So I tore off my shirt and held up my sign saying this election is indecent. And yeah, we were arrested and held overnight in jail. We made the LA Times the next day. Great photo. Look it up if you want. The media loved it too. And they showed our demo on major networks. And they avoided the censors by blurring out my breasts. The biggest blurs you ever did see. And we sued the CHP for false arrest and violating our First Amendment rights. And we won. And we established law in California that women have the right to bear breasts in political protest. Mm-hmm. And we won cash prizes too. It was at our yearly goddess gather in Geyserville, California, that one of the most startling radical gifts were bestowed upon me when our astrologer, Antonia Lamb, saw me walking around topless and she dubbed my tits the Twin Towers. So I hoisted them up. So I went on to do this on stage in the adventures of super activist mother, Sam Slam. Complete with cape and soapbox, I spent 80 minutes on stage during the George Bush regime, searching and sleuthing for the mad tyrant behind the curtain, the one destroying democracy and the world in the process. And it was my epiphany that, in fact, the man behind the curtain running the show was none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I knew this because of his cinematic resume, right? Terminator, Terminator 2, and 3, The Rise of the Machine. And it was my determination that it was, in fact, the machines that were going to finish us off. And my character, Sam Slam, was, she was bereaved by the discovery, losing hope for any chance of survival. And then she realizes the remedy is right under her nose. So the stage lights come down, and there was just a spotlight on my breasts. And to the tune of Stairway to Heaven, I unveiled my bosom. It was a, a religious moment, really. <laughs> and then I stood there, bare-breasted on stage in the theater, fantasizing about millions of women topless, weeping and wailing and weaving a web of wisdom around Washington and the million men who mean well. And I said, oh, but I'm afraid to do such a radical thing because I could never take my breasts out in public. That got a big laugh. But I had to because it was an emergency and I I um, invoked 911, 9-11, 9-11. And then I hoisted my breasts up to my chin and called them the Twin Towers. And I acted as if planes were crashing into my breast towers and they fell. They fell long and hard. And then I fell to the floor, and I wept and said, Our grief is not our cry for war. It was shocking. 
a wild, a crazy combination of comedy and tragedy. And that's how the audience took it. They laughed and they cried. I only did this show a few times, a run in San Francisco and once in D.C. in a benefit for Code Pink. But they told me it was too radical for them. (laughs) I did videotape it and I watched it in the process of writing this podcast. It still makes me cry and laugh. Goddess, that was brave. In 2012, my youngest daughter had arranged a high school trip abroad for a photography project through Amsterdam and Italy. Italy on Easter in 2012? I thought it was a calling in the same vein as Joan of Arc. And a voice told me that I must go to the Vatican on Easter and reveal my precious bosom to the Pope and make the claim for the presence of the mother. Oh my goodness. I was obsessed with this. I still am. I couldn't see any other reason for me to be in Rome on Easter in 2012. But my daughter would disagree. Not a good time to do that, Mom. It's a school trip. I had to go to therapy. My therapist talked me out of it. He did. He said it would be a good scene if I wanted to write it in a book or a movie. But I didn't want to be arrested or killed. Or become a martyr. Did I? I hesitated to answer. We went on our trip to Rome. And I restrained myself from confronting the Pope. And I regret it to this day. It was a couple of years later when the more courageous group, Femin, fulfilled my vision. And I will always be grateful to them for that. My breasts have nourished babies thrilled lovers, and smuggled marijuana from Cali to New York. They're infamous. And even though I've been wearing a mask for the last year or more, people always recognize me, and I want to credit my breasts for that. So yes, my breasts have been through so much, but not as much as my bra. My bra is so big. 5 Gs. 42 I get service everywhere. I finally broke down and got rid of my old falling apart bras and uh, got one that's the right size. But the truth is I could sail to Mexico with that cup. Hell, I could skydive and it would suffice as my parachute. (laughs) I walk into Victoria's Secret to buy a bra and all these tiny little titty women, you know, they just back away and cower and I'm... I feel like Godzilla walking in like, I need a bra. Boom, boom, boom. Knocking over displays and panties and other delicate things. My bra ran away during the pandemic, escaping servitude. Either that or it's hiding from me, but I haven't worn a bra in over a year. I just swing freely. But the load is heavy. I truly need all the support I can get. And if you ever want to lend me a hand, let me know. I've been debating getting breast reduction for years. But I'm scared of pain. And my mother always said, your body is your soul's expression. And it's very hard to argue that. And doing that kind of remodeling seems to go against my nature. Although I would love to 
you know, put on a shirt <laughs> without struggling. <laughs> but I'm not going to have the surgery. So I wanted to let you know that I'll be keeping you abreast. The World According to Sherry Glazer, the Mother's Days episode number seven has been brought to you by Luton Lore, a place for all your ritual supplies in the water tower on Albion Street in the Mendocino Village and the Mendocino Producers Guild, representing all the fine crafts, people, and farmers in the county of Mendocino. The Mendocino Producers Guild presenting the Highlands First Live Cannabis Market in Laytonville, June 19th, 11 to 4 p.m. Mendocino Producers Guild, we are better together. Go to mendocinoproducersguild.org to join us. I'm not going to wish you a happy Mother's Days because these are not happy days. I'm going to wish you strength. I'm going to wish you endurance. I'm going to wish you good health, prosperity, and love and attention from your children. Thanks for tuning in to the world according to Sherry Glazer. I'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you.